Welcome to Medscape. I'm Dr. Andrew Wilner, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Lawrence Lowe, adjunct professor at the University of Toronto, Dalalana School of Public Health, Canada. I want to thank our mutual friend and colleague, Dr. Tiago Villanueva, for introducing us. Welcome, Dr. Lowe. It's nice to be here. Thanks, Dr. Wilner. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, Dr. Lowe, so how did you get interested in uh, medical missions in the first place? Well, I started as a, as actually a medical missionary, as it were, uh, um, back in 2005, uh, visiting the Dominican Republic with uh, a friend of mine from the University of Missouri, Kansas City. And, uh, well, I read a couple of your papers talking about the, I mean, of course, everyone knows it's a great thing. You go to a typically, uh, well, I guess we call it a developing nation very often, and uh, we bring medications, and sometimes we do surgeries, and we pull teeth. And then we come home and we say uh, how great it is. And, uh, well, I've been doing that with, uh, well, our colleague who uh, introduced us, Dr. Tiago Villanueva, in the Philippines uh, for a number of years. But it has been in the back of my mind that, well, we could do more. You can always do more. But uh, there was also some uh, reservations about, well, you know, are we... Uh, antagonizing local physicians, or are we uh, giving the health system there which should be better an excuse not to improve? What did you find along those lines? So there are certainly challenges associated with uh, medical missions, but I want to sort of preface my comments by saying that we know that most medical missions and people that participate in them uh, go abroad with the very best of intentions. Um, and I think, uh, if anything, a lot of the challenges that are faced by medical missions um, really, uh, it really kind of play out as a, as a bit of a tragedy in some regards in, in the ones that are less well conducted. Um, some of the big concerns uh, usually uh, are around uh, the development of a parallel system that actually competes with the locally established healthcare and social system that exists in these communities and the dependence that's then, uh, then imposed upon them. Because what happens is you have these missions show up, they bring these free medications, they bring these free surgeries, um, and then eventually, as, as all good things come to an end, the question is, what happens when they leave? And what happens uh, if they leave for good? Um, and and uh, and sort of local resources have been diverted to uh, to support the coming of medical missions as opposed to developing local capacity. I was uh, very impressed in the Philippines that there's not really a system. In other words, we came, uh, for example, to do one of our missions on, well, we go to very remote places, so we don't compete with anybody. We go to... Right, fair enough. <laughs> ...where the people live in huts and have never seen a doctor, and so we're always... And we work very closely, actually, with the local government so that they're prepared. But I noticed that sometimes we'd arrive in a town and there was another mission already there. Mm -hmm. And uh, then there would be a town, uh, I don't know, five kilometers away, and nobody ever went there. So that there wasn't any centralized way of uh, scheduling or organizing or prioritizing. Everybody was just kind of on their own uh, agenda, some religious, some uh, not religious. Is this the way it is all over the world? I would say that's very similar to our experience in the Dominican Republic. And certainly that is one of the other concerns around many traditional medical missions. The idea that they focus very much on the provision of care rather than sort of on the overall community picture. Um, and it, it's been shown that some of the best ways to do medical missions are to sort of um, 
work with uh, local leadership and address specific local priorities to understand where might services be best used and uh, and also to ensure that the services that are provided are uh, culturally relevant and appropriate and that appropriate follow-up happens after the medical mission leaves the area. There is also the question of cost. Uh, all mm-hmm. of our members, for example, we buy a plane ticket to the Philippines, which is anywhere from uh, 1000 to $2,000. And then there are incidental travel expenses. We usually stay actually with the military, and that's quite inexpensive. And uh, we bring our medications and we uh, collect some charitable donations. But I remember we had a guest one day who was an ENT physician and he came along with us and he said, you know, for all the money it costs me, plus the money that I'm not earning and the overhead of my office by being here a week, he said, I could have just donated $15,000 and that probably would have gone a, a whole lot farther than everything we're doing. So it's funny, though, that's a typical argument, though, and, and this is where I, I actually sort of straddle the middle around medical missions. Um, the evidence actually shows that there is a benefit from having that human connection and that sort of uh, that, that quote by Yates that nothing is really truly real until it's experienced. And so even in our research, we've we've identified that people are much less likely to donate something equivalent to the cost of their trip if they don't go to the actual community and experience it for themselves. So what do we do to make sure that medical mission volunteerism really does benefit uh, the local communities? Well, there's a number of different practices that can be considered. I think one of the most important things is to sort of identify a local partner that can take leadership in terms of directing the nature of the care that's provided. Um, This helps to eliminate a lot of the issues that we see where Local partners are almost kind of tourism agencies, and basically these medical uh, teams show up and they kind of say, we want to go here or here. We don't really know what's going on, but we just want to help. And by doing that, it helps to eliminate a lot of the redundancy and waste and helps to integrate the work of these these, um, medical missions into the community's existing healthcare infrastructure. So that's first and foremost the most important thing to start with. Is there a problem of uh, looking a gift horse in the mouth? In terms of? Discouraging people from coming. Well, I think, uh, and it goes back to, uh, to, to a question of whether it's feasible to even do this. I think it's not a question of whether it's feasible to, uh, to do best practices, but the reality is, is that more, more is better um, is not a philosophy that, is, uh, that, that seems to work in a lot of places anymore. You have you know, inappropriate care being given, you have, um, you know, and I'm not saying that all medical missions do this, but by virtue of having so much variation in the way medical missions are conducted, there's bound to be uh, some, some issues that arise in terms of redundancy and waste and, uh, and inappropriate care. Now, you work with another organization, uh, I think it's called 57th Street, is that right? Well, it's actually called the 53rd Week. and uh, 53rd and, Week. <laughs> absolutely. And the name actually refers to the idea of collaboration between, behind medical missions, actually. The idea that uh, in one week, it's very limited what a medical mission can accomplish. But if you take a year's worth of, uh, of trips and have them coordinated appropriately towards a local goal, well, you might get something better uh, and bigger than the ordinary. Um, but the whole focus of the 53rd week is about responsible volunteering abroad and uh, and the mechanisms and frameworks by which we can actually um, do that. And and so how does one interface with this, this group? 
Well, so we, uh, you can check us out online at www.53rdweek.org. Um, we also have a Twitter and a Facebook. So if you Google 53 Week, it'll come up. Um, but we, uh, we have a number of videos online as well as publications for people to check out. Well, Dr. Lowe, I want to thank you very much for uh, speaking with me about uh, medical mission work and uh, how we can do it better. I think uh, there's, uh, there's always more, and uh, that's what makes it uh, exciting and uh, satisfying. The medical missions are some of the greatest opportunities we have to change the world. It's all about making sure we do them in a manner that's right and responsible. I'm Dr. Wilner, and thank you for joining us at Medscape. If you have any uh, comments or questions, uh, please uh, write them in the space uh, below this video. Thanks for joining us, and thank you, uh, Dr. Lowe. Thanks, Dr. Wilner.